Today's scripture reading comes from verses taken from the book of Proverbs. And you can follow along in your program. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. The plans of the righteous are just, but the advice of the wicked is deceitful. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. To humans belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. The Lord works out everything to its proper end, even the wicked for a day of disaster. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. The plans of the diligent lead to profit, as surely as haste leads to poverty. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. going to look at these passages from the book of Proverbs briefly today. And before we do that, let me say a word of prayer. And let's ask God for his help. God, we uh, are asking for wisdom from heaven above. Wisdom from you, God. Uh, And we're giving ourselves to you humbly, asking that you would give us what we don't have, um, and that you would give us more of your son, Jesus. Um, make these words come alive to us. And, and maybe most of all in this time, help us to apply these things specifically to real areas of our lives uh, so that we'll bear fruit and that this time won't be in vain. In Jesus' name, amen. We have started a new series uh, in the book of Proverbs studying the topic of wisdom. Wisdom, and we've been saying that wisdom is not the same thing as intelligence. It's not the same thing as knowledge of facts. Uh, That you can actually be smart and highly educated and be totally lacking in wisdom. On the other hand, you can have a pretty modest, modest educational background and yet still be full of wisdom. You know, and that might be humbling to some of us and actually very encouraging for others of us. Wisdom isn't the same as intelligence. It's not the same thing as knowledge. Because wisdom, we've said, is the God-given ability to see how life really works, uh, the way relationships really work, Uh, The way wealth and poverty really works. The way parenting and friendship and sexuality and emotions really work. The book of Proverbs and other parts of the Bible that give us wisdom, give us insight into these things. It's a God-given ability to see how life really works. And it's the skill to apply those insights to real life, to real people, to real money matters, to real situations. Last week, we looked at the topic of our words, our speech. Uh, What kind of practical wisdom does God give us for how we communicate? 
with people interpersonally. And today, we're going to look at this wonderful topic of planning. Planning for the future. How we can make plans wisely. Uh, What kind of plans are on your minds these days? Uh, What kind of plans have been in the works, have been in your notebooks, have been on your spreadsheets and your computers, have been keeping you up at night, have been in your conversations with roommates and friends and spouses? How to pay the bills, maybe? Plans on how or who to marry? Uh, What job to take, perhaps? How to get everything done this month? Or maybe plans for when and how to make a move from the Dance Institute to Mount Rona Baptist Church. Lots of plans that we're always facing. How do we do this wisely? How do we make future plans with God's wisdom? A couple things we're going to look at, and then we'll be done. We're going to look at how these Proverbs tell us to plan diligently. First, diligently. Secondly, submissively. Third, fearlessly. Fourth, communally. Diligently, submissively, fearlessly, sorry, I forgot one, inwardly, and fifth and lastly, communally. Let's look at those quickly, and then we'll be done. First, plan diligently. I want to start with a very simple point, and that is that planning is good. Planning for the future and laying out steps and decisions is actually a good thing. It's a way that God does work out his purposes in our lives. Here's one example of a proverb that touches on this. Proverb 21, verse 5. The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. And, of course, this word haste in the original language has a sense of not just being hurried, but uh, being impulsive or being thoughtless, uh, just sort of reacting to situations and not actually settling down and doing the hard, diligent work of laying things out in advance. In other words, don't let life just happen by accident. Rather, act with conviction and intentionality. Because we are people that have been made God-like, made in the image of God with great dignity and therefore responsibility to make good choices. In fact, I think underlying this idea is what the Bible describes as stewardship. That God has made each of us responsible over your life, a piece of this world, the gifts and talents and opportunities that God's given you, maybe a job opportunity or maybe a relationship, maybe the time that you have or certainly every day that you wake up and you have time and energy to expend and people to love and a God to serve in some capacity. It's like God has given those things to you and appointed you as a manager over his valuable property. And he said... Be a wise and good and responsible agent, manager, steward over my gifts, over my stuff. So don't just throw it around accidentally or mindlessly or thoughtlessly, but take good care over the decisions that are in front of you, over your life, 
over this neighborhood, over this church, over the people around you. It's like God has given you power of attorney, as it were, and he wants you to act responsibly. It doesn't mean that you have to be a super hyper detailed point by point kind of planner. I mean, can we be clear on this by saying planning diligently is a good thing? It doesn't mean it looks the same in every person's life. Some personalities are going to be much more inclined to planning, others of you less so. It doesn't mean you have to automatically or overnight become a hyper-goal-oriented person, right? As if, you know, anal retentiveness is close to godliness or something like that. No, it's, it's, it's not that at all. But can I slide this in there? That maybe some of us today actually need to step it up. That maybe some of us are winging it too much in life that's actually a way of being irresponsible with what God has given you. Um, Are you a person that uh, plans and approaches life in the future with a sense that I can't believe that God has given me the privilege of being a caretaker over this life and his world? That humble privilege. Plan diligently. Secondly, plan submissively. I could have said plan humbly, but I'm trying to be a little provocative here. Plan submissively. For all that I just said and that the Proverbs says about planning diligently, it's good to plan and be intentional and proactive about it. Listen to what Proverbs 27.1 tells us. On the other hand... Don't boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Here's the thing. Plan, but plan fully aware that you don't actually have the power to control tomorrow. You're a human being. You're not God. Let God be God And humbly and joyfully settle into your human skin. Yes, plan, but plan acknowledging that it is not all up to you. Because nothing happens apart from the purposes of God. Proverbs 16.9 In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Okay, you make plans, but God is the one that actually makes things come to pass. Proverbs 16, verse 33, the lot is cast into the lap. So a lot, of course, in the ancient world was sort of like flipping a coin, a way of making decisions based upon chance. A lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from what? Who? The Lord. Proverbs 19.21, that's not in your bulletin. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevail. What are the plans in your mind? Plans about a job or a relationship or something that's coming up, maybe this weekend, maybe next year, maybe long-term future kind of stuff. Don't we tend to go to God, and we're not even always aware of it, We tend to go to God with this long list of things that I know are supposed to happen in my life, that must happen in my life, and then become a to-do list for God 
that we bring before him and say, here, God, sign here, please. And we don't ever say it quite like that. Well, sometimes we do. Sometimes we do. But if you think about it, there's a deep underlying arrogance to living life that way. To make plans and then to expect as if God needs to give himself to everything that you told him to do, or for you even to expect or demand that everything that you wanted to come to pass must come to pass. One must and can strategize and plan. Planning is important and critical. But these verses make it clear that the future ultimately is determined by God. And maybe more importantly, therefore, that God has every right to edit our plans, to correct our plans, to adjust our plans, even to outright veto our plans. When was the last time, friends, that you thought about something you're hoping will happen, or maybe you're building towards a certain goal? When was the last time that you thought or maybe even prayed to God, God, please edit what I just put before you? Or maybe even prayed, God, would you, if this is bad, or if this is a dumb idea, or if you have something better, as much as I really want this, or her, or it, Veto it according to your good, wise purposes for me. Do you hear it? If we start planning like this, it starts to make us more humble. It starts to make us more flexible. Listen, you still might be disappointed if your plans don't work out. And you still might even be hurt. But we sure as heck would save ourselves a lot of surprise if or when things don't work out according to our plans. Because we're starting to understand. We can plan, we should plan, but God establishes our steps. It's a hard thing to do, isn't it? To plan in that way. But this is what God calls us to do. Plan diligently, plan submissively, plan fearlessly. Look, same idea. God establishes our future. God is the one who is sovereignly in control over all the details of our lives. He's the one that makes it happen. That's not just a reality to submit to humbly. It's a reality to rejoice in. Because what does that mean? Your future ultimately is not up to you. It's good news. That is good news. To understand that believing that God is in control doesn't make us more passive or fatalistic. Well, God is going to take care of it, so I'll just kind of sit here and let things be as they may. You know, whatever happens, happens. No, actually what it does is it gives us confidence to move into an uncertain future. It makes us bold in our planning. It makes us secure, even more free to be able to actually dare to take risks because so many of us are paralyzed by the fear of failure. We're paralyzed by this deep sense that I'm going to really mess things up. 
Listen again to these proverbs, dear friends. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord and His purpose that prevails. Which means, you're planning, you're charting things out. Cheer up. God's not going to let you wreck your life. And we see this especially in this little four-letter word in these passages, Lord, in all small caps, L-O-R-D, which is a transliteration, an English way of depicting the word behind that, which is the personal name of God in the Hebrew, Yahweh. His personal covenant name, His intimate name, it reminds us again and again that God is a God who has given Himself to those who have embraced Jesus in a personal way. He knows you by name. He treats you as His child. He's adopted you into His family. He's forgiven you of your sins, yes, but He's also blessed you in all your future purposes. He cares about His children. He's not going to let you wreck your life. This is good news. It's a reality to submit to. It's also a reality to rejoice in. That we can now plan fearlessly because God is in control even over our sins and our mistakes. Proverbs 16.4 The Lord works out everything to its proper end even the wicked for a day of disaster. There's a lot going on in that one little verse but One thing that the author of that proverb is telling us is that even bad things are a part of God's plan in a mysterious way. That somehow God is in control even of the wicked acts of human beings. And that God actually even uses bad choices and evil things somehow for His good. He holds the ultimate trump card. There's nothing that you can do even in your sin to screw up God's good purposes for you. And one of the best examples of this, the ultimate examples of this, is the cross of Jesus Christ. When the Apostle Peter preaches in Acts 2, he's talking to the people of Israel and he says, look, Jesus was delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, and you, by the hands of wicked men put Him to death by nailing Him to the cross. Why did Jesus die? Because people did a terrible injustice in crucifying Him unjustly. Wicked hands of men. And at the same time, God was, according to His definite plan and foreknowledge, working out your salvation. He's done it in the past. He can do it again. He will always be in the business of redeeming bad choices and bad plans. God is bigger even than that. Number four, plan not just diligently, submissively, and fearlessly, but plan inwardly. Plan inwardly. And this is the idea that our character and our motives shape our plans more than we think. 
Uh, we tend to plan, you might say, outwardly, just looking at the circumstances. This is the goal that I want to reach. This is kind of where I want to be. This is who I want to marry. This is what I need to do in order to get this job, or this is how I want to advance my career, or this is how I'm going to move into that apartment or into that part of town, or this is how I'm going to become the person I want to be. Whatever it is for you, we tend to look outwardly. Here's a proverb that reminds us that we need to look inwardly because it really does shape a lot of our steps. Proverbs 11, verse 3. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Your, Your integrity guides you. Your honesty, your character actually shapes the plans that you make and the steps that you take. I mean, you think about this, it makes complete sense, and this is what wisdom is. If you're patient, if you're growing in patience, how might that actually start to change the way you start relating to this future goal or plan? Or let me word it in the negative, how much of your plans are actually riddled by impatience? So that an inward look to issues of character actually start to help us plan differently. Wow, I'm a really impatient person. And I want to grab that goal or that thing, not just because it's good to, but because I just can't stand waiting. Your character starts to guide you. Or selfishness. Right? This inward disposition we all have. We just want to do everything for me, 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 me. And you start to grow in that. How much that starts to change our plans as well. Maybe what my goals are. Because it was all about me. Building my life, empire, kingdom. You know, where I need to be great. Your ambitions start to change. Your goals start to change when you realize what God calls me to is not just selfishness, self-centeredness, but rather to an other-giving and lifestyle of servanthood, loving my neighbor. Our motives shape our plan more than we think. Proverbs 16, verse 2, All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Isn't that a humbling Statement, all a person's ways seem pure to them. You know, we're we're basically self-deceived people. We basically assume, oh, you know, I want to marry that person over there, or I want to get married, and uh, pretty much what's wrong with that? And we kind of assume, right, everything about all of our desires and plans are right. Or I want to get that job. I'm going to go, I need to get a job. I'm going to go for it in every way possible, you know, clearing out whoever is standing in my way. We don't realize how much our hearts are twisted by bad motives. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. And one of the most destructive motives in our planning is fear. Is fear. One of the best ways to work through the health of your future plans is to work through the motive of fear. To ask yourself, how much of these specific plans are motivated, are driven by, oh no, (laughs) are shaped by some fear, God isn't going to show up in this way, or I'm not going to get this, or I'm not going to get that, or if this doesn't happen, then this is going to happen, and this is what's going to be terrible and bad about this. What God most cares about is that whatever decisions you make and whatever plans you follow, that you do it in faith. 
out of confidence in God's provision that he's going to care for you. So fear is never justifiable in the way that we plan. Concern and good responsibility, yes. Otherwise, there'd be no insurance industry, right? That's not what we're saying. There is a place for some good, healthy anticipation of needs. I'm talking about fear. Sorting through that, planning inwardly, character, motives, this really does help us in our planning. And lastly, we'll close with this plan, not just diligently, not just submissively, not just fearlessly and inwardly, but plan communally. Communally. Plan with open ears. Plan listening. Plan asking for advice. Proverbs 15.22 plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Proverbs 12.15, the way of fools seem right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Friends, wisdom flows through community. You know, we, we all tend to share our plans with friends and then sort of just expect them to rubber stamp them. But how often do you actually take an important decision and turn to people you trust and say, have at it, what do you think? Uh, There should be very few major decisions in life that you make on your own. Very, very few. Most every decision should be subject to trusted people in the community that can give you advice where you actively, proactively ask for input, you know, sort of a dummy test, a sanity check and say, what do you think? And not just asking and say, well, thanks, but no thanks, but submitting yourself to their input and saying, wow, that wasn't what I was expecting to hear. That's not what I want to hear. But I will definitely chew on that. I will definitely consider that. So you're wrestling with maybe a romantic relationship or maybe a major financial decision. Do you have someone to go to? Do you have someone to hold you accountable? You don't need to pretend like you know everything. You don't need to be embarrassed that you're ignorant about things. That's what community is for. We're not like that, not naturally. But can we be that sort of church, that sort of community where we're building enough trust to actually check in with each other? Maybe even about things that you normally consider to be very private business. Some of us might need to push out of our comfort zones a little bit because you're living in foolishness because you're shutting other people out. What can that look like for you? What can planning with God's wisdom look like? This is just a little taste of all that's in the book of Proverbs on this topic. Can you plan differently? Maybe even this week. Maybe you need to open up a notebook and start scribbling down on a piece of paper a revised version of all that you've been planning thus far. Or maybe you need to take that notebook, hold it up before God, and say, God, this is for you to revise for you to edit, for you to veto, or for you to establish and make happen. But you are God, and I am not.
please give me wisdom. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for the help you give us in such a concrete, practical, specific matter like this. Uh, Please give us wisdom. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and let's sing together. My Jesus, I love thee. This Savior who cares for us in all the details of our life. Let's sing it.